One author says that the world is God's theater of revelation. That's in the massive scale when you see the stars and all that are hung in space. I like that expression, hung in space, because it makes it sound intentional. When we hang pictures in our house, it is intentional where they go and how they look. I often am much more willing to let it be a little more crooked than my wife is. Can I get an amen? You're like, I'm not admitting to that, no. But you know what I mean, like it's, it's, you put it up, I think it's good, I'll step back, well that's great, and like, mm, well, it's a little off. We get it just right, intentionally. The picture that we have here of God, that He sets the stars in place calls them by name. In the macro, huge world, we see the glory of God's creation. But we also see it in the most minute parts of creation as well. Not just in our human body, which is absolutely miraculous. Every time... I have an appliance that's built for the best possible quality that goes out after four years. I think about how amazing it is that our bodies last as long as they do. And it's only, we'll talk about sin next week, it's only because of sin that our bodies break down at all. Just miraculously fine-tuned to the subatomic and smallest parts of the universe. There is design at every level. He is the creator God. We'll talk some more about implications of this in a little bit, but one of the implications is if God can handle the macro hugeness of space and the stars and the things that we cannot even see yet, why in the world do I believe that God can't handle the realities of my life? He is creator God. That's what Paul tells him. Secondly, he tells him he is the sustainer of life. He is not served by human hands as though he needs anything. He himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. They believe that you had to appease the gods. You had to make the gods happy. You had to give them what they need. You had to help them along. He says the God that is the real God, the one true God, is a God that created everything. And not only did He create it, He is sustaining at this moment everything that is needed to keep life happening. And He has no need. He gives everyone life and breath and all things. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you. Every breath you take is a gift of God's sustainability. Every step you take is a gift of God's sustainability. Every moment you're awake, it's a gift of God's sustainability. And listen to this. When your body does break down, when you are finished in this life, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it is God's sustainability that is going to keep you going forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. 
He sustains it all. Paul says, you keep talking about these other gods and their needs and their wars and their decisions to fight against each other. But listen, the God that we serve, the one true God, He is creator. He made it all. He is sustainer. He keeps it all. And this is the most astonishing of those to me. Because if we have a God that is as mighty and powerful and holy and wonderful as we just described, that sustains all life, this last part is phenomenal to me. Because Paul says, not only all of that is true, it's also true that God is knowable. Now, I don't mean in the sense that you can know everything about Him. But I do mean that you can know something about Him. Look at verse 27 again. He did this. What? He established people, put them where they are, sustained everything. Why? He did this so they might seek God and perhaps they might reach out and find Him, though He is not far from each of us. That the reason God established this, the reason that God sustains it, is because He wants a relationship with us and to be known. And we have said this time and time again, but if God did not want us to know anything about Him, we would not know anything about Him. He has revealed to us who He is through His Word, through interactions, through nature, through all of those things, He has shown us glimpses of who He is. And again, we're going to talk about a few of those things we know about God. There is no way we can exhaustively talk about the attributes of God. It is a phenomenal study to go on. And I can recommend some books to you if you'd be interested in that, about awesome ways to delve into the character and the nature and the attributes of God. But here are a few of the highlights. First of all, this knowable God that we have is good. One of the most basic songs we sing as believers from as a child growing up is that God is so good. We're driving that into our souls because we desire for a good God. I think about when Moses, in Exodus chapter 33 and 34, is asking God to reveal himself to him. He wants to see him. He wants to know him. And God says to him, when Moses says, show me your glory, God's answer to him is, all of my goodness will pass. It's who I am at my essence. It is the nature of who he is, and it is revealed in what he does for us. The gifts that he gives us, every good gift comes from above. The grace that he shows us, the mercy that he gives us in Jesus Christ himself. God's goodness is revealed. And the psalmist can't say it enough. I mean, Psalm 106, Psalm 107. Psalm 107 says this, Give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Again and again the psalmists say, the Lord is good. Well, what does that mean? This is a quote from one of those books. If you want to dive deep into what the attributes of God are, the knowledge of the holy by A.W. Tozer. So the goodness of God is that which disposes him to be kind, cordial, benevolent, and full of goodwill toward men. He is tender-hearted and quick sympathy. 
By his nature, he is inclined to bestow blessedness and he takes holy pleasure in the happiness of his people. God desires for you to have good things. Which is important because if God was all-powerful and all-knowing and could do anything he wanted to in the universe and created all this and was not good, that would not be a beneficial situation for us. Secondly, we learn in Scripture, not only is God good, He is sovereign. He is sovereign. What does that mean? Well, it means that He has absolute authority. He is the only truly free being in the universe. Nothing can control Him or His decisions. I was reading and research this week, and I came across a graph, a picture that had our favorite word in it, all. Because you know, in the original language, all means all. And he says, the God I worship, and this is from Chip Ingram in a book on the attributes of God, is before all things, created all things, upholds all things, is above all things, knows all things, can do all things, accomplishes all things, rules over all things, is in control of all things, earthly kings, human events, Everything he controls, he is in charge. Just look at those Bible verses. Genesis 1, John 1, Hebrews 1, Ephesians 4, Isaiah 46, Jeremiah 32. Throughout Scripture, it makes it evident that God is in control. And as a result of that, Chip Ingram says this about the Lord. The sovereignty of God is that which separates the God of the Bible from all other religions, truth claims, or philosophies. When we say God is sovereign, we declare by virtue of his creatorship over all life and reality and his all-knowing, all-power, and benevolent rule that he is in fact the Lord of all lords, the King of all kings, and in absolute control of time and eternity. His promises will be fulfilled. His prophecy will be fulfilled. He will do what he says he will do. And he will bring all of this together. And he is in control now. And because of that, nothing will come into my life today that he did not either allow or decree for my ultimate good. Now, I'm going to say that again because sometimes that's hard to believe. Nothing will come into your life today that God did not either allow or decree for your ultimate good. That's not an easy thing to always understand or believe. But if we believe God is in complete control, and I do, then it is. So not only is this God who created all things, sustains all things, and is knowable, not only is He good, and not only is He sovereign, He is also Scriptures tells us holy. Holy means different, distinct, or unique. One of a kind. Nothing else, no one else like him. He is completely different. 
One of the problems that we have, sometimes we try to imagine God, and even in trying to illustrate this this week, one of the things that's hard to understand is we want to bring God down to our level to make it seem like he's like this or like that, and yet God is on a different level. He is in a different place. He's on a different plane. He is not like us at all. Exodus 15 says, Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? There is none, is what the answer to that. That is a question that the only answer is, There is none like you. You are the only one, the one and only God. And this holiness being set apart means that He is perfected. It refers to both His majesty and His moral purity. Holiness is the absolute absence of evil and encompasses and defines all that is pure and whole and righteous and healthy in the universe. It is He is perfect in every way. He is without blemish or without sin. He is without any kind of mar or defect. He is absolutely perfect and unique and different. The God who is good and the God that is control is different. He thinks different than we think. He's on a different plane of understanding and reality than we are. And yet, in the midst of all of that, He is faithful to us. Consistent. Dependable. He can be that because Scripture tells us that He is all-knowing. He knows everything about us. He knows the words before they come out of our mouth. He knows the thoughts before they enter our brain. He knows you better than you know yourself. He understands the inner workings of all that is going. But it's not just you. That is true for the 7 billion people on this planet. That is true for all that have come before. That is true for every living organism and thing that is on this planet. He knows absolutely everything. He is all-powerful. He can do whatever He wants to do. He has no limitation on His power. In fact, He is infinite completely. He has no limit or measurement on Him. You cannot measure God. You cannot limit God. You cannot describe where God starts and where God begins because He has no measurement. He has no uh, limitations in His life. He is immutable. That doesn't mean that you can't um, hit the mute button on Him, although you can. If He wants to speak, He will. It means that He doesn't change, never has, never will. He is unchangeable, and He is everywhere, always, all the time. And because of that, He can be faithful to us. There's an amazing verse in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. What makes this verse so amazing is that this is happening as a prophet is watching his hometown be destroyed. And as he's watching, the the name of the book of the Bible is Lamentations. He is lamenting what is happening. He says in verse 22 and 23, Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. A.W. Tozer again says, All of God's acts are consistent with all of His attributes. No attribute contradicts any other. 
but all harmonize and blend into each other in the infinite abyss of the Godhead. He is at once faithful and unchangeable, so all of his words and acts must be and must remain faithful. One more thing. We don't have time to go through all of them. One more thing about the characteristics of God, and that is God is love. This God who created and sustains and is in charge of all, is holy, all-powerful, is a God not only that is good, but He is loving. There's no better way to understand His love than the most famous Bible verse of all. John 3.16 says, For God loved the world in this way, or for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I was struck just watching that video even here with you all. I've seen it three or four times, downloading it, looking at it, thinking about playing it today, playing it. But even as I watched it, I've been, I grew up in that part of the the country. I've never seen a building that large in that part of the country with that many people in it all those construction workers and I thought about how awesome it is to see someone stand up and the verse that Danny Sinkfield who used to pastor in Memphis chose to share with those men and women that are constructing that 1100 they said on one shift and they're going three shifts a day is for God so loved the world that he gave God's love is giving It's sacrificial, it's unconditional, and it is boundless. You see, the question of how we got here is important, and the answer is God. But what's more important than the answer just being God is that we have a God who created everything, and He is powerful, and He is wise, and He is holy, but He is God good and faithful and loving. And because of that, we know that His thoughts, His intentions, His desires, His plans for you are always good. That He is kind and open and approachable and eager to be in a relationship with you. That He emotionally identifies with your pain, with your joy, with your hopes, with your dreams. He loves you. In fact, the most important thing that you can know and understand today, and you may have nothing else to know or understand, the most important thing you can know or understand today is this, that God loves you. Not what you've accomplished, not what you do, not what you may or may not do. He loves you. And He has sent His Son to have a relationship with you. Now we'll talk in the weeks ahead about what went wrong and what what God did to make that right and how we live in that. But I want you to know today that the God of the universe who created it all knows you intimately and loves you. And here's what I used to say in the midst of that is that God knows everything about me, every thought I have, every move I make, every action I take, and He loves me in spite of that. But that's not really the truth. 
God loves me regardless of that. That doesn't have any bearing on God's love for me. He just simply loves you. And today as we close with that question of how do we get here, we got here with a loving God who cares deeply for you today. And if you haven't accepted the free gift of salvation from Jesus, His Son, then today is the day He is waiting, hoping, ready to receive you. Let's pray together. Just a moment. The band's going to sing. We're going to talk about our commitment to this Lord that we've described. Noah's going to be down front. I'll be down front. And if there's any reason you need to come and respond this morning, I'm going to ask you to come. Maybe you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you, you just don't know that even what I described can be true because of the life you live. Like, I can't imagine a God like that. And you want to have a conversation. You want to talk to us. You want to pull us aside. We'd love to do that. Maybe you're here and you're ready to accept Christ as your Savior. Today's the day and you want to do that. We'd love to have a conversation. Maybe you're here and you realize that this is the place God's called you to be a part and you want to join what we're doing here at the church. Do you want to have a conversation? We'd love to talk to you about that. More than anything else, I just want you to be open and willing to do whatever this God who loves you and has your best interest at heart asks you to do. Heavenly Father, we pray in this moment that your will would be done, that you would be the one that would give us wisdom as we try to follow you. Lord, I'm thankful that you are a God that has everything in complete control. I'm thankful that nothing that comes my way is too big for you. I'm thankful, Lord, that you love me and that you care about me and that you're holy. And Lord, I pray that you would just help me to get a renewed vision of who you are in my life. Thank you again, Lord, for the way that you sent your Son to die for me, to save me from my sins, to give me a second chance and hope for the future. And Lord, I pray that if there's someone here today that does not yet have you as their Savior, that Lord, you would give them just the understanding that today's the day. And we pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to stand and we're going to sing if the Lord leads for any reason. I'm going to ask you to come. Maybe you just need to come and pray. Maybe you just need to come and lift up some concerns. If the Lord calls you, I'm going to ask you to respond. Who
Show your appreciation to our worship team for their leadership today. You can be seated for just a moment. A couple of quick things for you to be aware of. Just a reminder that tonight is our Joyful Sounds musical program at 5 o'clock. Deacons are actually meeting before that at 3.30. If you're a deacon, be aware of that. 5 o'clock is our Joyful Sounds program. And then immediately following that, that program usually takes in the 30 to 45 minute range. Um, immediately following that, we will all leave here and go downstairs for a ice cream fellowship. And all God's people said, amen, right? Uh, let me just tell you that, that we talk about the goodness of God. Um, Tillamook ice cream is buy one, get one this week at Publix. And so we prefer homemade ice cream. You bring homemade ice cream. We have some great people bring homemade ice cream. If not, you never tried Tillamook's. Great opportunity. You bring that or Bluebell's acceptable. You can bring other stuff if you want. Um, God may not approve of it, but it'll be all right. No, bring, I'm joking. Bring, bring ice cream. We have a great time together just eating ice cream and fellowshipping. Be here for Joyful Sounds at 5 and then join us for that. Uh, next Sunday night in this sanctuary at 6 o'clock, we're going to have just a, a night of prayer. Um, not going to be music and preaching and all of that. We're going to have just a night of prayer and uh, we'll have guided prayer and things throughout the night as we kind of move through that. But I, I want to invite all of you to be here for that. At, um, like I said, at six o'clock next Sunday night, we have that night of prayer. So make sure you're here for that. Um, also want you to know that in just a couple of weeks, um, uh, two weeks from this Wednesday night, our youth and children and preschool are having a fall kickoff. Last year we had over a hundred youth that were here and several of them accepted Christ. It's a big outreach event and this year we're doing a carnival kickoff. We are not going to have anything for adults that night and not until after Labor Day will we, but that night in particular we want you to come and help. Help, uh, we're going to have places for popcorn and cotton candy and rides and meeting people and some things. We're going to need help and so if you can help with that at all, you, there's a sign-up sheet on the Welcome Center, you can just sign up there, uh, let us know you can help, and then Noah will get in touch with you and let you know some areas that we need. There will also be a time when, when us adults will kind of fade away because they're going to have some time to talk and share the gospel. There's going to be a lot of fun that night. And so if you can help at all, be aware of that and you can sign up. Um, prayer guides are out there. Appreciate our prayer team getting that together. And we're starting something today uh, that we're hoping to do each week. And that is at the end of the service each week, as we dismiss, a couple of our prayer team members are just going to come stand at the front. And if you've got anything that you would like for them to pray for you in that moment, or if you've got something you'd like for the church to pray for, you can come and talk to them and let them know. And they'll be glad to pray with you here and now. And also... Um, allow our prayer team to know about the prayers of the of the people that we have here all right that's a lot y'all stand up and as we leave let us realize that we serve an almighty all-loving all-powerful god who loves each and every one of us in this room but loves each and every person on this planet and our goal is to let them know as a reflection of that god who he is so may we go this week determined to show god to those that we encounter You're dismissed.